episode 47 for October 2008. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to be your supplier of new comics and trade paperbacks. They make it real easy to switch by offering discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price. A special this month is the What If Spider-Man Back in Black one-shot. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $0.74. Cents. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, webheads. It seems like forever since we've got the gang all together. But let's talk about our favorite webhead. And let me do the intros first. We'll do ladies first. We have Spider-Girl. She's a moderator on the message board and a reviewer for the site all around Great Gal. Welcome, Spider-Girl. Thank you. And, you know, I, for one, can't wait to hear uh, Spidey Dude's new voice. I'm hope- hoping that it's up an octave after his, you know, <laughs> his, his uh, operation. Wow. Month, so right, I'm, I'm right off the top, she comes out swinging, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and of course, it has to be. Yeah, me. no doubt. Get the punchline for many a joke. I know. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, that voice you're hearing is, of course, Spidey Dude from SpideyDude.com. He's also a reviewer of Spider Girl, the comic, not the girl. Welcome, Spidey Dude. <laughs> yeah, good thing I'm not a reviewer of the girl. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm pretty good. Uh, Spidey.com. Uh, again, I was hoping to get it up this uh, this weekend, but I'm trying to integrate WordPress. And uh, so that's been kind of an issue a little bit, but uh, but hopefully, and I'm not trying to copy Brad for those of you that may accuse me. Of oh doing no, there's so, many uh, WordPress I, people out there. It's a good program. Well, and I, I think it was his second most brilliant move since uh, the institution of this podcast. Oh so. well, thank you. So so cheers to that, sir. All right, cheers to that. My third most brilliant move was to ask Jr. to be on the show from SpideyKicksButt.com and also all around great guy. Also, Jr., welcome. God damn Chicago <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, I was doing a little bit too much laughter there. Pardon me. Uh, anyway, thank you, JR. <laughs> and, of course, Kevin Cushing, a.k.a. Morbius. He's an author of the Spider-Man Crawl Space webcomic, which can be found exclusively on our message board. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, I promise I'm not getting any kickbacks from Brad whatsoever. In, in general. <laughs> not just <with> the comic. <laughs> I've never, ever received a check for this damn job. I, 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 you won a contest once, I think I remember. That is true. Yeah, that, that is true. Your point, but that was for just being a review. Yeah, that was before the podcast. But anyway, we'll talk about his webcomic coming up, and and it's it's really great, guys. You're getting a lot of response from it too. So yeah, I'm kind of overwhelmed. <laughs> well, all right. Before we hit the webcomic, we're going to talk about uh, the latest happenings in our beloved webhead's life. Amazing Spider-Man 570 to 573, which is uh, New Ways to Die. Basically, Anti-Venom is sucking the radioactivity out of Spidey. We've got the Anti-Scorpion, if there is such a thing. Eddie Brock's back in a suit, and Bullseye is flinging Spider-Tracers. So, more. What do you what do you think of the uh, the last three issues? Uh, I was bored, oh. mostly. Um, I mean, I just feel like so little is happening here. Um, I mean, we're we're kind of sort of building to a Spider-Man Green Goblin fight, which I've honestly seen before. Uh, we got the Bullseye Spider-Man fight, which I had been waiting for and which was just short as all hell. <laughs> Uh, it was cool while it lasted. I will give it that, but it was it was not what I was really anticipating. Anti Venom, I think, kind of took all those parts of the Eddie Brock Venom 
that we've hated most for the past several years and amplified them. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I have to protect the innocents and, and I, I'm such a good guy and I'm going to, I'm going to suck disease out of people. It's going to be great. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm white. So there's that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Almost sounds like Eminem or whatever. Oh, I do rap music and I'm white. <laughs> ah. Wow. I didn't expect JR to come out swinging with an Eminem reference. I love it already. So, <laughs> so I, I, I guess, I guess then that uh, the anti-venom is the Eminem of uh, symbiotes, then I suppose, or the Vanilla Ice. We'll just call him anti Slim Shady. <laughs> Let's just actually not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and say we did. Um, anyway, but more go back. Yeah, and this, so it was. I don't know. I found it kind of uneventful, kind of boring, kind of underwhelming, and the big bump a bum reveal at the end of the one of the worst character designs I have ever seen for the uh, what do we call him? Scorpa Venom or Anti Scorpa? Scorpy? Or I don't know. It's it was Scorpies the next day. Worst character design I have seen. Scorpion actually. Brand new Scorpion. Brand new oh, yeah, Scorp. Okay. <laughs> Worst character design I've seen since the new Craven, which was the worst character design I had seen since Freak. So, um, I'm they need to hire a new designer. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your grade? What are you giving it? Uh, I'll give it a C. It, uh, you know, very, very middle of the pack because while it, it was totally underwhelming, like I've said like five times already, and uh, didn't really do anything for me, it it didn't draw my ire and make me hate it. So it just kind of it it was a flat line. It was a C. Is it? Is the artwork contributing to the C, or is the artwork an A? You know, the artwork was, I mean, maybe I've gotten used to J.R. Jr. again after getting him for two issues before and then getting him back into this month. I love J.R. Jr. Yeah. Um, so the artwork was, was solid artwork, but that honestly, though, he does take a hit in the artwork this month for me because the one thing of John Romita Jr.'s I've never liked is his symbiotes. I really don't like the really skinny, gigantic hands version of symbiotes he does. And since he was drawing so much of Venom and Anti-Venom this month, that it kind of took it down a notch for me. So I would probably put that around a C, too, because he was great on everything else, but I find him really bad on symbiotes, so okay. he averages out. All right, we got one C. Spidey Dude, what do you think? Well, uh, <laughs> i gotta, I got to agree with more. Uh, or I'm sorry, Kevin, or whatever the hell you want to be called these days. He's anti-morb. He's anti-morb. Uh, anti <laughs> I've been known by many names through the centuries. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it was not a whole lot's happened, and and we were we had so two for two first issues. The first two issues, I'm sorry, were fantastic. The last the last three have been just kind of. Uneventful, and the bullseye fight, in my opinion, should have been a full issue. I feel, they almost devoted more time to anti venom and venom than they did to bullseye and Spider Man, and that that's 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 the marquee matchup. You know, the venom anti venom is is more like the undercard. You want to get to the main event, you want to get to the meat of the of the fight, and it, it was just grossly underwhelming. I, it was good, but not great. Okay, and uh, I, I'm going to say C plus. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give him. I'll give him a plus. Okay, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I won't give him any higher than that. And, and so yeah. Okay, Jr. What's your thoughts? We had a lot of Norman in this one. 
I know, I know. In fact, I was going to say that if this uh, if this uh, title was the amazing Norman Osborne, uh, I'd give it an A because that's primarily who it was about <laughs> and who got all the good moments and who got all the good lines. Uh, as a Spider-Man comic, it uh, kind of left a little bit to be desired. But uh, but uh, but first, I, I I mean, I really enjoyed these these particularly the uh, last two issues, five seventy one and five seventy two, uh, because it had a lot of good, great Norman moments. I, I like uh, I like this. Uh, relationship that he's got with his thunderbolts i mean uh, particularly in the uh, at the end of 572 when he shows up in the green goblin costume and says hey kids daddy's home <laughs> now who wants presents i mean he really he really is almost like a twisted demented evil father figure to these people yeah. uh and of course you know they're all a bunch of psychopathic children it's just a it's a really fun relationship to see these psychotics interact with each other uh, and so I really enjoyed that. I also liked uh, I liked his fight with Menace, uh, particularly his first his first line. Now, whose little boy are you? Uh, that was although he got although he got his ass handed to him a little bit too uh, too easily. I think somehow he was he was probably kind of dogging the fight, just trying to pump this new Menace for information. But uh, uh, but I liked that. Uh, you know, I liked uh, him, uh, him and his uh, interaction with Harry, where Harry's going, "Oh God, you're not wearing the mask again," and Norman is just babbling about stuff that Harry doesn't understand. Right. Uh, so I really liked all the Norman parts. Um, like I said, there wasn't really that much of Spider-Man to to enjoy, though, and uh, I tend to agree with uh, uh, Old Crazy Chris and uh, some of the other folks who are kind of wondering where all the where all the other subplots went. Yeah. Uh, we're still seeing we're still seeing too uh, too slow progress. I mean, this the new I like new ways to die. I've liked it so far. I would give it if you're asking for grades. I would give it a B plus so far. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of wondering, you know, it, it's taken the place of all the other things, it, it, of all the other subplots that were going on, and we're so we're not seeing any progress on those, and uh, we're not likely to. And apparently, according to the interviews with Dan Slott and Steve Wacker, we're not likely to see any progress on them until until next year when we finally get this uh, character assassination. Uh, arc that's supposed to be going on so but uh love the norman love the norman the the rest of the the rest of it is kind of average what's your thoughts about harry possibly being menace i don't think harry's menace uh i think that would be too obvious Mm -hmm. i also think lily hollister now has become too obvious Mm -hmm. but uh uh, any suspects this is marvel (coughs) what's that Uh, the obvious would be you know probably true it is marvel I mean, everybody saw Mephisto coming a mile away. Yeah, uh, that's true. Saying, I'm just saying. So. That's true. I would hope that it would be. I, actually, I would hope that it would be Lily Hollister, only because I think it's time for a female Goblin. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see that. Uh, I mean, because for for I mean, Harry's the Green Goblin. Harry shouldn't be taking any other identities other than the Green Goblin. That's his peculiar destiny. I know that his father right now is is the Goblin. But uh, I don't think Harry should be uh, taking on any more costumes. Uh, he should be uh, a man behind the scenes if he's going to be anything right now. Uh, but uh, I, I would like I would like for Menace to either be uh, uh, Lily, Carly, or this Sarah Errett character. Right. Uh, if the, that is, if they ever do anything with her, yeah, uh, rather than just use her as a red hair. Yeah, we have, so, we haven't uh, seen her in a while. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. All right, uh, Spider Girl, what are your thoughts? 
Um, well, I'm glad that it wasn't just because I was tired that I was less than enthused about this. Um, they're still better than what had come out in the past, better than Freak, better than some of that other stuff. Uh, in contrast to Kevin, I actually think there was too much going on, and that's why it might have been extremely slow. I think if they would have started separating stories, like if they just focus on Norman and the Thunderbolts, and that was the entire New A's to Die arc, then that would have been awesome. I think that would have been great. But then you bring in Men- Menace, and it kind of brought it down a little bit for me. And then I saw Freak at the end, and that brought it way down. And I was like, I can't believe you just pulled the Freak card out of this. <laughs> Um, <laughs> freak card. There we go. There's a new catchphrase: pulling the freak card. <laughs> damn, damn, baby, you just pulled a freak card. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe this is our October surprise. Actually, I think that was Colin Powell, but never mind. Anyway, never. Uh, um, I'm a little split on the Eddie Brock as a good guy. Uh, I'm just so used to Eddie Brock being this like villain that I actually really like Venom, but now I'm just. I don't know. I either like him or it's just rubbing me the wrong way that he's trying to cure people and be this ultimate good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do actually think that Harry might be menace, if only because the twisted logic that um, he was saying, I'm doing this, uh, is it Bill Hollister? He was saying Bill. Um Bill to help you. Like, he was hurting him to help him, and it seemed like the twisted logic that would come from an Osborne, and that's the only reason why I think it might be him. Mm-hmm. And art-wise, I do like J.R.J.R. The only thing that absolutely was bothering me is I couldn't tell if Norman just had hair on the top or if he actually has hair on the sides. Like, it kept going back and forth. Yeah. Like, is it just cornrows on the top, or is it cornrows all over? I just, I just want to know, but <laughs> I think... Besides being nitpicky, um, I would give it a B. Okay. They did kind of cut his hair oddly, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, did he totally shave his you know, sideburns, was, or what's the deal with that? I don't know, because sometimes you can see. Steve Wacker actually addressed that. He said it was a coloring problem they're going to fix for the trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because people don't lose their hair on the si- sideburns. Yeah. They lose it's it on the top. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he was he was at his barber and yeah. you know his barber cut it a little too short and he probably shanked him with a freaking goblin glider or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I could shank him, doing him that. with a goblin glider. Man, he just pulled out the freak card. So that was, ladies and gentlemen, the quote of the book. So that was a B out of you, Stella. Is that what you said? Okay. So we got a B, we got a C, we got a C plus, and a B plus. Jr. Plus. B plus. Yeah, B plus. I'll give it an A minus. Uh, lo- loved it, <laughs> mainly because Morb hated it. Uh, <laughs> I just dig uh, the. Bi- this is basically a big ass spider fight. There's not much plot going on. Um, you get to see Jr. Jr. in his element. You got witty spider banter. I love the the line where he saw Venom and or Anti Venom. I forget whatever the hell his name is. And he he goes, oh, we've got a white one now or something like that. I thought that was pretty cute little line that Spider Man threw out there. And again, Jr. quoted the uh, "Who's little boy are you?" That was a great di- line of dialogue. But uh, I'm just digging this one. I've, I'm digging this one more than any, with the with the exception of the first arc right out of uh, One More Day. I'm thinking this is the best arc of the New Ways to Die, or the One More. I freak. I, I can't even remember what the hell these these <laughs> subtitles are. Brand, Brand, Brand new day. There it is. New day. <laughs> I agree with you 100% there. This is by far the best uh, of the brand new day era. Yes. 
And, yeah, I would agree. And I didn't like the first. I didn't like the first one though. That's where I tend to disagree. I guess with most of you. I did, I I really didn't like that first Dan Slot arc, but he completely he's redeemed himself with this. He's, one. he's my favorite of the new group, and I I would assume he would be when we, when we first started hearing about him being on the title. But uh, a minus, I yeah, I just dig it. But go ahead, Spidey. Here's my problem with Slot. He goes, he, of course, the CBR interview. CBR must have like Marvel in their back pocket or something, mm-hmm. because. As soon as New Ways to Die finished up, which was last week, I know you guys haven't got your, y'all's last issues yet, but he goes on and he, he sits there and basically comes out with a comment of, if you if you uh, aren't writing a rebuttal, you have no reason to bitch, mm. is basically what I've gathered. And, of course, I instantly thought of more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in terms of, of writing style, he was re- very good. I don't know if he knows how to pace himself as well as for the decompression. Because uh, I think this could have easily been done in, in four issues, maybe five. Mm-hmm. I think you didn't have to do six issues. I think they did that strictly for trade. Uh, I think there was a lot, and I think one you ha- and Stella did have a, bring up a good point. There's a lot going on. You can have, you bring in Freak, who the 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 only time he's been interesting is when Dan Slott writes him. Apparently, because the only time he's interesting is when he's really not speaking that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True. Uh, I, just, I just thought Norman was the star of this one. I, I mean, I, I love how creepy I, he is in these issues. Well, it, it's great to have Norman in there, and I, but I think we have Thunderbolts for a reason. And well, this is better than the book is now, the Thunderbolts book. True. Yeah. So. I, I, you know, I, I haven't, I've been picking up Thunderbolts sparingly, but that being said, Norman. And Harry, the, the, they build up this confrontation. This is the thing about more about uh, the Spider-Man books right now. They build these up. These are these, you know, quote unquote events within events, such as Norman Harry confrontation, and it goes nowhere. It's flat. It's crap. It's it's nothing. And um, there's a little bit more. There's so much more you could have done. You could have spent spent an entire issue just on. Norman and Harry, yeah. and they and they didn't. I didn't feel like they explored the relationships enough because they're trying to keep everything so guardly, such a guard, guarded secret. They're not wanting to reveal anything. And so, and the sad thing, sad thing is, is they're finally going to start giving us answers a year from when the yeah. when you know, first. And, you know, and that's that's absurd. You have three times the amount of time to get the answers right. out. Why can't you? You know what? Why can't we? One thing uh, J.R. I thought that was lacking in the book, that's why it gets an A minus, is the lack of Norman knowing who Peter is and Venom knowing who Peter is. Don't you? What do you think of those oh, two? It, uh, I hit it to J.R. You already talked. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I I don't miss Venom not knowing who he is. Right. I do miss Norman not knowing who he is. Uh, I thought that was. I, I I'm guessing that the now that they're they they they're kind of starting from uh, square one again. Yeah. They're they're going to eventually lead to that. It's got it's got to uh, go there. I mean, it's got to. It's got to go there eventually. I don't mind if if they get there eventually. I don't mind him not knowing right now. Uh, I'd like to see. Of course, that is unless there's this mysterious force at work <laughs> that uh, precludes people from finding out that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't uh, the Dan Slott and uh, I think Wacker, but uh, Dan Slott has specifically addressed the fact that there may be something else at work. Either that, or it's just sloppy writing. But yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I kind of miss Norman not knowing. Right. I, I wish I wish he did. Okay. And apparently, Norman becomes retarded. 
Okay. What happened? And he apparently Norman becomes retarded because he's like, "Ooh, I found out the biggest secret in Spider-Man's repartee of secrets." The sensor on his chest. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that part was cool. But I'm like, the biggest secret of Spider-Man is his identity. You dumbass, <laughs> and you fucking knew it. Oh. I knew it. Oh, I dropped it. Uh, I dropped it. Oh. All right, you, time out. You, time out for you. Put him in the corner. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, what, what's the uh, the dirty dancing? Don't put baby in the corner. Okay. Oh yeah, ba- dirty baby. No, baby, you're in the corner. Nobody. No, it says no. Baby in the corner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Norman couldn't be any stupider than the chick that found the Spider-Man costume in the apartment and thinks that Vin Gonzalez is uh, yeah. is Spider-Man. So, <laughs> or how about the or how about the uh, the uh, comic book guy who Peter who Peter Parker saved from getting shot when he did and he did all these uh, <laughs> flips. You know, nothing, nothing suspicious there. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're if, if there really is something going on that's like the slots alluded to or whether this is just supposed to be Clark Kent with glasses and everybody's supposed to not notice. Uh, it is pretty stupid. I mean, oh, he's taking pictures of himself. Uh, yeah, that is pretty dumb. <laughs> and I noticed that the first time I read it, that it, that it is pretty yeah. dumb. So I, you know, I don't know where we're going with it. Well, I think we wrapped that one up pretty good. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Spider-Man 4 and 5. It looks like we're getting two movies back-to-back. With Tobey Maguire making what fifty million dollars to come back, I think, for both of those movies, and is it really necessary in this economic time to make fifty million dollars for two freaking? Movies? Hell yeah! If that movie brings in a billion, he better get a cut. <laughs> but it, any, uh, I, I don't. But here's the problem: I don't know. If you're in timeout. Let, you're in timeout. Let me set up the goddamn <laughs> no. topic. Jesus! <laughs> wow! I'm right. Smack you and pull out the freak card. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Spider-Man 4 and 5 coming back. Uh, Tobey Maguire signed up. Sam Raimi signed up. Kirsten Dunst has not signed up. And they're possibly going to film both of these back-to-back for like a uh, summer 2010 or 20, and 2011 release, possibly, is what I've read. We haven't heard from Morb, who's not in timeout. Let's listen to Morb. What do you think of those two coming out back-to-back? Um, I... I... I have a hard time giving an opinion not knowing what the story's going to yeah. be. Because there's there definitely there there's some good Spider-Man to be told filming back to back like, you know, the <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> time out. Uh, time out. Face the corner. Uh, <laughs> Ella's going to spank your bottom. Yeah, knowing, uh, oh like, god. <laughs> it just crossed that line. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I really don't have a whole lot of opinions to give because, yeah, you could make some great Spider-Man filming back-to-back or you could make something that sucks. I mean, I'm, I was just looking up the latest news on it to make sure we couldn't say Kirsten Dunst to sign up, but um, Sam Raimi's saying that they don't even have a script yet, so uh, they don't even know what they're doing, which is kind of odd when they decided to film it back-to-back and before they got They've been talking about the lizard as possibly a villain. Do you think that could work, or would it just be Spider-Man in Jurassic Park? I just I've I've talked before on this podcast about how I find the lizard to be pretty much the most boring villain ever. Yeah. And of all the classic villains, he's my least favorite. And I mean, they could do something interesting, but if they are, they had better damn well not be planning to float two movies on the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Now, of course, they could mimic the comics. 
and do a lizard story in the fourth one, and then do the exact same lizard story in the fifth <laughs> one, and it'll be like every lizard comic ever. <laughs> so it would be true to form. Okay. Um, but I'm glad Tobey Maguire's back. He, did, you know, no matter what people have always said about there could be people better to play Spider-Man. I mean, he does a good job, and I in franchises I prefer for the actors to stay the same. So I'm glad he's back. I would be fine with Kirsten Dunst coming back. I don't think she's the best Mary Jane, but I don't hate her. But like I said, I would rather she just be replaced by Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. <laughs> so whatever they plan to do, they can do good stuff. I've enjoyed the first three movies. I know some people hate the third one, but I liked all three of them. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt that I'll probably enjoy the next two as well. Spider-Girl, what do you think of uh, 4 and 5 coming out? What's pretty much the um... same cast. Yes. Well, I'm with Kevin on the, I like to keep the cast the same. It really bothers me when people switch out. I, I like, can't take it. Like, the Batman franchise beforehand, it just really irked me that people kept changing. Or, or like Iron um, Man 2 with the Roddy, I, uh, War Machine changing. Except Don Cheadle He's, kicks ass. Yeah, I like it. Wow. Are you serious? He cha- I didn't even know this. Yeah, I've been out of the Don- loop. So, wow. Yep. That's very depressing, actually. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Apparently, yes, I've been out of the world. Um, that's, that's an upgrade in actors. Well, not to interrupt, but that's an upgrade in actors, though, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Don Cheadle, yeah. how can you complain when you're getting Don freaking Cheadle? Yeah, I, I agree. Anyway, Stella, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Um, I like how it's filmed back-to-back. I think it'll probably have a good flow to it and, like, to keep continuous. I know they did this with the, the second two uh, matrices and Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and I think... <laughs> Why? Um, I think I think it just works. It keeps people probably on task, and you know you can have a nice seamless flow from one movie to the other. Uh, Wizard, I know. I mean, I know Kevin hates him, but I mean, I like the idea of Wizard. But I think they're probably actually going to do something like start introducing minor villains, and then maybe the fifth movie they might do like a Sinister Six. I don't know if that's too much to hope for, but I would actually really like to see the Shocker. I know he wears, you know, these cotton pajamas, but for some reason I really like him. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm all for four and five, and I'm glad Toby's back. So I agree. I, I think they have to cliffhang number four to lead into five to make you come back with Sinister Six or something huge. I mean, a lot of villains don't work. As if they're poorly written, like we saw in three. But uh, if you get s- six of them up there, <laughs> that all have two movies to have character development, I think it would rock. But that's just my two cents. Uh, well, here's the thing, though, Brad. Yeah. Looking at history, what movie that did a cliffhanger was good? Kill Bill One. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> You, you got me. <laughs> I was thinking of Matrix 2 is pretty much universally hated. I like Matrix 2. Wow, really? I like Matrix. See, I liked it. Sucked yeah. big balls. I mean, Pirates <laughs> 2 is the I've ever seen. Well, go ahead. The two Star Go ahead, JR. Star Trek's. I was about to say, Star Trek's two and three really were cliffhangers, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they each led into the next movie. I mean, the second one, Spock had died, but they clearly had indicated he was going to be coming back to life. And the, then three was how he did it. And then, of course, three ended with him coming back. Now, what happens now? So those were those. those all each of those pictures led into the next yeah. ones, and I well, thought they handled correct. that fairly. And but Kevin, I, you can't deny under. I hated Star Trek 3. I really did. Oh, man, I like Star Trek 3. Uh, it was my least favorite of the entire franchise. I thought just the whole, you know, Spock kid on the planet just sucked out loud. <laughs> even worse even worse than Generations, Insurrection, and Nemesis? Insurrection was pretty bad. I liked Generations and Nemesis. Mm. 
I'm not saying they were perfect, but I enjoyed them. Star Trek Three was better than those two. Anyway, let's get somebody out of the corner to join the conversation. Spidey, wow. Spidey dude, what do you think? Four and five being filmed back to back, but pretty much the same. Well, as long as we don't get the whiny bit, you know, as Kirsten does, <laughs> play Mary Jane, I'll be fine. Okay. Uh, also, getting back to my point earlier, before I was put back in the corner, <laughs> like a little bastard stepchild. Uh. Yes. The economic situation, people are already pissed off at CEOs. It could – I'm sorry, 50 freaking million dollars for a movie. I know it would probably gross a billion, but I, and here, here's my – I'm playing devil's advocate. With the economic downturn, <coughs> ticket prices and movie prices are going to have to go down. Otherwise, people are not going to afford to go to the movies. And, and it's a legitimate point to bring up. When you go to the movies, you spend $10 on a ticket. $25 on snacks, which may be a popcorn and a, and a soda, or a Coke, as I like to call it, down here in Texas. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it could be good. I, the fact that brought Brian Ramey, uh, I'm not the greatest Toby fan in the world, uh, as, I evident, as evidenced by the last podcast we did. Um, but, you know, it, I, still think, I still think that they're probably going to be setting up the Clone Saga. Uh and that would be a very interesting – because you, you're going to have to pick cherry-pick all the good and the bad out of the clone saga and say, okay, does – I would justify $50 million because you're having to pay potentially three different characters, Peter Parker, Ben Riley, and, and potentially Kane. So um, we'll see what happens. The thing is I don't see them doing a clone saga because Raimi isn't familiar with the clone saga. I don't think he'd sign on board for that. I, but he wasn't familiar with Venom. Yeah, and that, you saw how that turned out. He was in, he was well, in the movie for the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> true, but I I think I think he probably would would have learned the lessons of of Venom. I think I think there was a lesson to be learned that you know you bring in a director who who knows a lot about the class characters and in Sinister Six I think is a, is a good direction to go. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you're if they're going to consider doing the Clone Saga, then yeah, he's going to have to obviously research. No different than Tobey Maguire will have to research. How how to differentiate between Ben Riley and Peter Parker because there is a difference. I just not just the I, I just think the Sinister Six is the best. Uh, if I was placing odds, I think that's what they'll go with because you know they'll sell a lot of toys. They'll sell seven toys: Spider Man, six other villains. <laughs> okay, okay, but the Secret Wars is the only time ever a toy merchandising campaign. Well, has ever well, I think one of the reasons they sold three well is because you can buy two figures. You can buy a black Spider-Man, you can buy a red Spider-Man, and you can buy a black Venom, and you can buy a, a Sandman, and you can buy a Goblin. There's a lot of villains in there, etc. And I think yeah. marketing and toys play a big factor in these movies. So, 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 here, right. so here, here's what I'm going to say. We got, we already have, we have Venom, we have Doc Ock, we have the Green Goblins. And we have Sandman. Mm-hmm. So of those, of those, of those villains, uh, all of them but the Green Goblin have been in the uh, and Harry have been in the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. So well, no, the Green Goblin hasn't been in the Sinister Six, has he, Jr.? No, no, he's not. Okay. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Green Goblin and, and Harry were never in the oh, Sinister okay. Six. Although the Hobgoblin was, so I guess you could replace. You just right. switch out. Guys. I think I think Lizard and Electro are the best odds if we're placing odds of those two. I, I I said Electro, even back when two was being when three was being talked about. Yeah. I said you need to get Electro in there because he's visually him and Mysterio are probably the two best villains visually for visual mm-hmm. effects 
that you can get. Yeah. All right, we wrapped up that one pretty good. We're going to go back to Spidey Dude on this one because his favorite book looks to be getting canceled. Amazing Spider-Girl has been announced that from uh, writer Tom DeFalco that issue number 30 is the alleged, and I say alleged, <laughs> last issue of Spider-Girl. What do you think, Spidey Dude? Uh, well, uh, the writing has been on the wall ever since about issue 15. Mm-hmm. Um we, when we're looking at the sales, the sales have not looked good, um, and we and the biggest problem that's plagued Spider Girl in, in this case, I think, you, we haven't had a single new digest since this the uh, the last volume. I think it was number eight. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of this off the top of my head. That's the last time we we had a digest come out. Um, so you don't have the the volume of books being produced. And you know they said that they were going to do all 100 issues of, of the first run of Amazing Spider-Girl, and they haven't. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been part of the problem, making it a part of Amazing Spider-Man family. As much as I, I, I think it'd be a good move. Uh, I've I've enjoyed the four pages of of, of Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man uh, that have been in the Amazing Spider-Man family books, but to have Spider-Girl in there as a regular feature and making it monthly as opposed to bi-monthly, I think will be a good thing. Um, because basically it's like having a, a fourth Spidey book instead of you know three. Mediocre, you get a classic Spidey book, a, a Amazing Spider Girl, and then a brand new day crap story, <laughs> and and you're good to go. And of course, of, of course, every single month, and George Berryman will probably cut out the pages, and, and we'll all sit and laugh about <laughs> it, and, and and whatnot. But but I digress on that point. I I do I do think it's it's I mean if we just it, they they said if you raise it a thousand sales I think we can do that I think it's manageable the problem is is sustaining those extra thousand sales each month yeah. I think if uh, and it's part of, I mean they've done a lot to mass market the campaign and th- and this is what's baffled me is that they've been they you know the interview with Salvi Sema that's running in the books that they've been doing uh, you have you know a bunch of stuff on the internet uh, you I, I I'm not as so jaded about Brand New Day as some of our other posters on the message board about them. Uh, Brevoort and Wacker making it a running joke. I can see where they they look at it that way. I think I think um, I don't know. Brevoort's kind of kind of. I used to like Brevoort, but he's become a dick <laughs> over the past year. Um, so I don't know. And, and Wacker, I, I just think he's just kind of playing along. Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily agrees with the uh, with with. Everything he says, I think he's just saying, "Okay, boss, I'll I'll say what you want me to right. say." I uh, I think, with the exception of me and you, the the other three panelists all dropped the book. Jr., did you drop the book? I think you did. Uh, Spider yeah. Girl. Uh, actually, uh, I dropped it briefly yep. and, uh, and and picked it back up uh, when they brought a, in uh, Fury the Goblin Queen because okay. they're they're bringing the Goblin Cult back. Yeah. And. Uh, there's even rumors of them trying to resurrect Norman, so I figured I'd follow. Plus, I, fig- I figured I'd follow it a little bit more, at least until its cancellation. Yeah. What, what, what do you think of the writing on the wall for being canceled? Well, uh, when the book is selling about fifteen thousand copies, I don't see that there's anything else Marvel can do. Yeah. I think Marvel has. Uh, I think it was uh, it was a legitimate complaint in the very early days of Spider Girl that Marvel didn't give it the publicity it deserved, but I don't think that's a legitimate complaint anymore. I think that uh, you know, particularly when they rebooted the title, yeah. uh, and then you know, sixty sixty thousand people bought 
uh, issue number one of Amazing Spider-Girl, and now we're down to 15,000. I don't know why it's dropped that fast. Frankly, it doesn't deserve that kind of a drop because it is a good book. Right. It's got a, It's got a very likable lead character. It's got a strong supporting cast. The villains, uh, the villains tend to be a little weak now and then, except maybe for the Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's a good book. I don't know why, you know, I don't know why it's dropping, but it is dropping and really Marvel has no choice but to, uh, but to axe it. And Spider-Girl, do you read the book? Or did you at one time? Oh, I've never read the book. You've never read the (laughs) (laughs) book? I've tried. I've tried, folks. I've tried. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, I know you briefly picked it up for a time when, uh, oh, who, who guest starred in it? Or no, you, you tried it when Amazing started up, Amazing Spider-Girl started up, right? Yeah, and I, I kind of researched it for the great debate with, uh, Zach that we had. I, I picked up the first trade of the original Spider-Girl and I read about first 15, 16 or so issues, maybe 18, yeah. 19. <laughs> of uh, Amazing Spider Girl, but you know, it just it wasn't something oh, you that, picked it up that attention. long. I, I'm surprised. I'm so, I'm sorry. You picked it up for that long? I I thought you. Well, it wasn't so much that I picked it up for that long. I picked up the first two arcs in trade, and then I picked up about one arc in single issues, and then I dropped it. Oh. Um, but I and I don't hate the book. Um, although when Jr. said that you know it has a very likable main character, part of my reason for dropping it was. I disagreed. It was that whole stupid Gene Thompson thing they were doing just made her seem really, really stupid to a point that I couldn't identify with. Well, and, and that but, was that's probably been one of my biggest complaints is that is that she's with a douchebag boyfriend. Exactly. And, and she's been portrayed as such a strong female character that it it, it went against the character, and I think that was probably well, where. Well, that the, the thing is, that, the character that makes like a lot. I'm that, sorry. I mean that that makes the character relatable because you know a lot of people with, with bad boyfriends and bad girlfriends. Oh yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of good girls that you go and God, why is she exactly with that? exactly? No, I, I agree, mean, but I don't want that to be my protagonist. I don't want to say why is the girl with the jackass when it's the girl that's supposed to be the protagonist that I need to identify with. I can say that about stupid girl in a bar that I want to take home. But <laughs> May, May Parker is not a girl that. you want to take home from a bar. My goodness. <laughs> that's the point. Oh, okay. Point. <laughs> uh, but, but I will say, even though I've been a critic of the book, I'm sad to see it canceled for two main reasons. One, I'm I'm feeling sympathy pains here because – Manhunter just got canceled again, and I, I, it's selling low, too, so I'm kind of feeling the same pain that Zach is, I think, that maybe not an incredible amount of people are giving it a try, but damn it, it's a good book, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Exactly. Um, so I feel bad for the fans of Spider-Girl, and also I feel like they've – I'm not insulting Tom DeFalco here. I don't think he's a bad writer, but I feel like they're making a mistake and not even trying another writer because at this point – He's been on it for longer than Stan was on Amazing. I think it's about time to try some fresh blood, see what somebody else can do with it, and maybe get a name on it that can that brings in sales just by having their name on it, and that would boost some sales. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth a try because somebody could infuse some new blood into it and maybe make it more successful. Well, I, I'm the only person that I would – there are certain people I would not have touched the book in that case. One, Mark Miller. Yeah, Frank Miller. <laughs> because she'll, oh, God, she'll right? be a prostitute by issue three. Yeah. Okay, three, three. 
I, and I know this is going to probably upset people, but Brian Michael Bendis, because so help me God, he oh he writes teenagers so well. You're a, you're a 45-year-old guy. You don't know how the fuck teenagers talk. <laughs> I'm sorry, but are you talking about Tom DeFalco or Brian Michael Bendis? No. Brian Michael Bendis. And it could be, and it, could, it could be, it could be said for Tom DeFalco, but he's a, he's kind of, I don't know, he, he's he's at least trying to. I'm not saying that about Tom DeFalco, but the point is, you could say the exact same thing to him. He's the same age, so the, if that argument stands, it stands for Tom DeFalco. Well, uh, and DeFalco. I I feel like Brian Michael Bendis writes much better teenage dialogue than Tom DeFalco does. He sometimes falls back on a lot of things that I think he feels like sound hip, but don't really. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, give a little plug. Next month, we're going to take live callers with Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. So if you want to call in next month, uh, just add me as a friend on Skype, Webhead Spidey, all one word, and we'll get you on the show. And we'll ask the, the creative folks of Amazing Spider-Girl how we can save the book and what the future of it will be, maybe an Amazing Spider-Man family or something like that. All right, let's move on to another topic. Uh, we talked about it briefly in the beginning. Uh, Kevin has a web comic out there exclusively on our message board called Spider-Man Crawl Space. I wonder where he got that name from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have two issues out, and, and I think when we record the September uh, podcast, uh, none of us have read it, and you've had two issues out and by the time we've done the two podcasts. So tell us briefly what your thoughts are about writing the book, and you're getting some great reaction from the fans, too, I think. Yeah, um, I tell you, this is <laughs> writing this book is about the most fun I've had. I've, I'm very glad that I finally decided to just let these ideas out of my head and give them to people, because it's great fun to write it, but I, the response has just been bigger than I ever imagined. And the first issue has gotten about 900 page views, mm -hmm. and the second one has been up since midnight on Friday, and it's already got almost 200. Right. I mean, people are people are trying it so much more than I expected, because I know fan fiction has a bad name, and a lot of people don't really want to invest the time. I'm just overwhelmed with the time people are giving to me. And the response has been... Mixed in some ways. I mean, there's a there's a lot of really generous, great reviews to it, and a lot of things that just make me feel really good about doing it. Um, there's been things that people criticize and things that people disagree with, but for the most part, it's been constructive criticism, uh, which I really appreciate. And <laughs> of course, on the there is a message board that has mostly been incredibly negative, but. They have so much passion about yeah, no it. Kidding. <laughs> it's just amazing to me. It's like anything that I do that they don't like is is threatening their character or something. And and the fact that they put that much investment into it, that's amazing to me too. <laughs> so I've I've had a, a, an incredible experience writing this so far, and I have plans to keep it going for years. And Sweet. things only get bigger from here. And you have a we have a lot of talented people on the board because you have. An artist who draws covers. You even have an artist who draws a variant cover. You have two different artists. You have an inker that inks the stuff. Not, I mean, a colorist who colors Color. the stuff. I mean, there's a lot of talent out there that want to break into the business, like you do. Oh, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, Ted Brandt's doing the covers for this, uh, and he's just kicking ass regularly. And Scott Larson, who is uh, a poster on our message board, calls himself Scooter, was going to do interiors for it before I 
realized that there might be some legal hang-ups with doing interiors, so he's going to be doing some regular variant covers. Sweet. I'm not sure if he's going to do it every month, but he... Uh, Who did the Goblin King design... uh, variant to this month? That was Scott Larson. Okay. That was that was Scooter. Um, okay. We we worked. He was he was absolutely great. Mm-hmm. We worked together on designing that character for quite a while. It went through several 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 design stages, and he was just absolutely great about it. Very patient, very giving, very willing. Um, I think he came out with a really great product, and I am and he colored that one himself. Um, our poster B Dog colored Ted's cover, but Scooter colored that one himself, and. They all just look phenomenal to me. I'm I'm amazed that people are so giving of their time for right. this for me. And beyond even that, I have a fan art thread up there, and there are yeah. a couple of people that are doing some great jobs just drawing interiors on their own from what I've written. Uh, particularly, one of our posters named Hambone has drawn something like four different full pages, and they're all just phenomenal. I mean, the, yeah, the talent on this board is amazing and so giving of their time. Now, we're going to give spoilers a little bit because I wanted to discuss you with this while we're on the show. Uh, at the end of issue two, remember, hit pause on your recording, we, we, kill off, we <laughs> kill off Norman Osborn, and in issue one, we killed off Aunt May. Now, you're killing two of the, my favorites. What, what's the uh, thought process behind doing that? Well, um, two different ones, totally, okay. but... Uh, on the whole, I, I do want to. I said this on the message board thread when you made that comment. Um, there, <laughs> you refer to it as a whacking policy. Yeah, but, soprano uh, style. There, yeah, there is <laughs> not going to be a whacking policy in this comic. I'm I'm clearing the board at the outset here of things that I need, think need to happen. Um, there, I mean, sure, there's possibilities that other people will die, but pretty much probably nobody quite that big because there are few characters quite that big. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aunt May should have stayed dead the first time in the comics. I that, JMS great use of her when he brought her back, but that is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at this point, she's just sucking air longer than she could be. <laughs> and you're cold, brother. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, she's not adding anything to the comics. She's not doing it in Brand New Day. And when I was plotting out my own, she wasn't doing anything in mine. And really, JMS I think made the last good use of her you possibly could, but. After getting shot and everything, it just she she doesn't need to be around anymore. And I firmly believe Aunt May should be dead. It's her time to pass on. And part of the whole idea of Spider-Man Crawl Space as a story is, since Brand New Day is going back to the 70s and being pretty much stagnant, I'm showing the progression. I'm showing Spider-Man's story moving on. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think he needs to move past his old Aunt May, who should have been dead years ago. Right. So... Yeah, Aunt May took the shot in the first five pages, and that was, I think, the best impetus for getting them to reverse the deal with Mephisto. Um, As for Norman Osborn, that's a much longer conversation, (laughs) but um, if if you're reading Crawl Space, you can pretty much see that Harry is being set up to be the great villain. And I do believe that of all of Spider-Man's villains, Harry Osborn has the potential to be his greatest villain. He is... He's the best friend who our hero has let down so many times. I mean, that that basic character template has so much potential. But beyond that, everything else he's gone through in his long, long history, he can be the greatest villain in Spider-Man's history. But And so, with him being my main focus, he had to kill Norman. He absolutely cannot coexist with Norman, because that relationship is going to be detrimental 
to Harry being a great villain. Norman is always going to be there. He's always going to be criticizing. Harry's always going to be looking for that approval, at least on some level, and he's never going to get it, and that's where his character is going to stay. So for him to move on, Norman needs to not be there, and it's a great character moment for Harry to finally stand up to his father and for him to kill him has got endless potential to mine character. Now, you said you did a lot of research on the Goblin stuff by reading J.R.'s articles, and Goblin King came from uh, J.R.'s Goblin Prince uh, work. So, Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, When I knew I was going to write this big showdown between Harry and Norman, I knew I had to have the history behind me, Mm -hmm. and I knew that the best resource for that was going to be the Goblin Prince series, and I read through the whole series, and it was... Absolutely amazing, absolutely phenomenal, and gave me so much to work with. It was a great read, and J.R. made so many points that aren't necessarily spelled out in the comics, but they're great observations that I've, I'm trying to bring into continuity because they are such such astute observations and so good for the character. Now, J.R., is this, the, is this Harry's end goal, do you think? Is this where the character is likely to head? Or I know you you disagree with killing off Norman. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and I want to I want to thank Morb for his kind comments and uh, also address that uh, I haven't uh, studied Morb's comics. I haven't had the time to read them as in depth as I would like to. But I think he's got a good grasp of dialogue. I would think that's the strongest point, uh, and I think that that that's what makes the uh, the comics uh, as pleasurable reading as they are is his grasp of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, that said, you know. I, I was thinking about that. If you were to actually plot the end of the comics, what the what the ultimate end of the characters would be, and I think that ultimately Norman would have to die by Harry's hand if that was going to be the end of the comics, uh, because who else could who else could possibly kill him? Because it's all kind of a because that father son relationship is kind of at the crux of things, and how is the only way that you can really end? It? Uh, that said, uh, I don't know. I still think that Norman could have been rendered comatose or could have disappeared like so many other villains tend to disappear uh, and just not show up for a while. But that's, you know, it, it's Morb's game. Let him play it and let him see how it uh, uh, plays out. But I, I think, you know, in a way it's like what Bendis did with um, what Bendis did with the Ultimate Goblins in which he had Norman actually kill Harry. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing that brought uh, it was the only thing that brought clarity to Norman. Uh, and he finally just said, kill me, please. <laughs> so it's, it's, if, if you're looking at like a, a future, uh, a future, uh, look at the series, a future look at the characters, it probably is a logical conclusion that one has to kill the other. Yeah. Cause they probably really can't coexist. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting, I'll, I'll be interesting to see where Norm takes it. Yep. Norm takes right. it. Morb takes it. <laughs> Norman Osborne's not taking it anywhere except to two places, <laughs> one with the head and one with the body on the other one. I just, I just hope that Harry, at least it will uh, put the uh, put the head in formaldehyde because it'll, it'll tend to rot and smell after. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe he'll just have the skeleton on his, his mantle or something like that. I don't know. Now, does, now, do you really want to make Harry that ghoulish, though? I mean... Uh, well, I think uh, part of the reason I did that was after, after having Harry pretty much declare that he's so... He never spelled it out. He never said it. But he's pretty much trying to declare that he is... He's sane now, that his problems before a lot had to do with this new goblin formula. It's It was important for me to establish that he is not <laughs> sane. He is still psychotic, and he still has a lot of psychoses, even though, you know, as most crazy people do, he thinks he doesn't. And 
part of that was to show him sitting there talking to the head of his father, like he used to talk to the painting of his father when Norman was, quote, dead. It really puts on full display the how psychotic he still is. And he's not going to keep the head around. It's, yeah, I'm not going to have it rotting on the mantle. But <laughs> I thought because, I thought that image was important. Yeah. But you still want the character to be likable and relatable in some way, though, correct? Oh, yeah. There's uh, Basically, I've been saying, Harry is the main villain for this run. So while not every arc is going to focus on him as the villain, and indeed the next arc isn't going to move right into his master plans or anything... He is always going to be around. He is one of the, my main characters, and he may be the one that I do the most character work on. There is a lot to be done with Harry Osborn, and even though he's not totally sane, we have shown in Spider-Man comics before that we can deal with that. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot that people can even be very sympathetic with with him. It's just that I haven't quite gotten the chance to get there yet. Spider-Dude or Spider-Girl, anything you want to say before we move on to the next topic? Um, I'll just make a couple quick comments. Okay. Uh, I, I read last night issue two, and uh, I found it, and this is a big compliment, but I found uh, it more enjoyable than uh, issue one. Than, than issue, well, it, it was, issue one was enjoyable. Yeah. I liked issue one. Um, but I, I tell you right now, uh, issue two was intense. Yeah. Uh, Norman Osborn was creepy. I felt like, I felt like killing him off so quickly, I think... If you had set it up a little, this is just my opinion. If it had been set up a little more uh, as a gradual, and then building up to his death, I think it would have been better. But yeah, that's just me. Yeah. But overall, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more than I've I have enjoyed ninety five percent of Brand New Day. So congratulations <laughs> to you, sir. Well, thank the, you. the the creepy um, uh, Norman talking to Mary Jane is still my favorite image. Where he he uh, traces he, he touches her face or whatever where she touches him and and uh, talks about Gwen Stacy in there that was just awesome <laughs> that was my favorite that was that was probably my favorite part to write that yeah. was a lot of fun um, but can I I want to bring up one more thing that's going to be kind of it, it's a it's a debate but part of the reason that I killed Norman Osborn and Jr is going to disagree with me wildly is that I think he should die. Um, because I think at this point it's been damn near proven that all the greatest Norman Osborn stories are behind us. Mm. I don't think they're in front of us. I think he has, he has had the greatest stories of his life and most people are still milking the fact that he killed Gwen Stacy and that's it. Um, I think Warren Ellis did a great job with him in the Thunderbolts, but when I'm considering the life of a Spider-Man villain, I'm considering him as a Spider-Man villain, and Thunderbolts is not part of what I would have to consider. But also, I do I do think Christos Gage is currently proving that Warren Ellis was a flash in the pan, because Thunderbolts is not continuing to impress me in any way. But I think, really, in the past many, many years, Mark Miller and Warren Ellis are the only ones to write some good... Norman Osborn. So I do believe his best stories are behind us, and when considering it, I I would I would definitely kill Norman Osborn. Yeah, Jr. Your rebuttal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Dan, I think Dan Slott was writing a pretty good Norman Osborn, uh, but that's why I don't think his I don't think his I don't think his best days are behind us. Uh, but you knew I was going to say that anyway, yeah. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not you know we're not really going to get anywhere by uh, prolonging the debate. So. Okay. Uh, 
All right, well, let's move on to, uh, Jay. Wait, I did want to, you know, I didn't get my, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Ella! laughs> sorry. Sorry. Before you know, we move on. No, I didn't read the second issue. I've kind of been logging a lot of hours in studio, but, um, the first one, I really enjoyed it. And not to sound like a doting mother, but I'm really proud of Kevin, <laughs> you know, that he, um, he had all these ideas and, he, you know, he wrote them down and he decided to just like, go forward and um, put himself out there and everything, and I'm really happy you did that. I know there are a lot of people that complain about Brand New Day, you know, on here, on the boards here and, you know, elsewhere, and he's doing something about it. He didn't necessarily like it, and he's doing what he thinks should have been done. So I think I'm just really, I'm I'm happy for you, Kevin. Congratulations. Cool. Oh, thank you very much. All right, now I'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to just kind of just tail end on the Stella comment, Apparently now Morb is the only one that can complain about Brand New Day. So, <laughs> so according to Dan Slot, you're the only one that can complain. So, congratulations, Morb. You now are the official. You're the official complainer for the Fireman Girls. There you go. <laughs> uh, since we recorded the last podcast, Jr. came out with another new article. He wrapped up his uh, Goblin Prince series, as we talked about earlier. Goblin at Rest Part Two is online at SpideyKickSpot.com. Jr., kind of tell us what the article's about. You kind of talk about Harry's death. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a kind of a moot point these days yeah. now. But got, uh, I, I always like to say he got better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, basically, this uh, this last Goblin article takes uh, takes us through the rest of Harry's life uh, as it originally unfolded. Um, the child within is over, and uh, basically we're uh, we're in the the the, uh, the end game. Uh, we uh, we have Harry getting his powers. And uh, then dying off in that uh, in that in J G M D Matisse. How would we D Matisse? Yeah, right. We die and dying in uh, D Matisse's uh, story story there in a spectacular Spider-Man 200. We look at uh, Harry's posthumous schemes, that is the uh, the robot parents and uh, the legacy of evil. Also look at the. Uh, the fact that he was supposed to be the uh, the mastermind behind the clone saga, yeah. and we just do a little a little comparison between Harry and Norman, and uh, some analysis on whether or not Harry should stay dead, or whether whether bringing him back was uh, was a, a a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's not the strongest of the uh, it's not the strongest of the articles, and I think part of that was simply because one, I was getting tired of it. And two, I've got a whole lot of other things going on in my life right now, but I really wanted to wrap this up. And also, I, I think you talk about, uh, and, and uh, most of the story had been told. Really, really, this was just the end. Yeah. Most of the uh, the interesting parts of Harry's uh, Harry's life and Harry's story had been told, and uh, this is just where it eventually played out. Right. Uh, and so there really was not much to do but just summarize what had happened because we'd already made our points about who Harry was. Where he came from, why he acted the way he did, uh, so it wasn't it wasn't my uh, my uh, right. my uh, my proudest article, but uh, but it did you know formally end the series. So, but anyway, that's what it's about, folks. Give it a chance uh, and uh, let me know what you. And think. I think you're a little too hard on yourself. I think it's great. So <laughs> everybody's their own worst critic, but Jr. You get an A from me. Uh, well, it's, uh, usually, sometimes when you're with an artist, sometimes when you're with something, and you're you've seen it a hundred times, and you go, and after a while, it goes, "What is this stale piece of crap?" <laughs> I bet you. Are you looking forward to the upcoming arc about where we how we find out how Harry was resurrected? Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to go on with that. It probably won't be anything that anybody else hasn't already figured out. You know, like 
probably he went into hibernation. It won't be. I hope that we're not. I hope that we don't expect too much from yeah. him because it'll probably be a fairly mundane explanation. Uh, How, so, however, that cover of him on the uh, the grave looks great. So. I'm I'm interested in his relationship with his ex-wife. I'm interested oh, in what yeah. broke his marriage up and uh, and you know basically what his relationship with Liz and uh, Little Norman are. That's kind of what I'm interested in yeah. seeing. And Spider Girl, you, you read some of it. What, what's your thoughts on it? Um. Well, yeah. Like you read, I think that Jared doesn't know what he's talking about. It's completely an amazing article. Anything I read of yours, I'm just like, wow. I can't believe you know he's gone this in depth. And I think this is just. I mean, you're subtly throwing it into people's faces that say comics are like nothing but a quick read for entertainment purposes. Because I really think you can look in depth at certain things. You can, you know, find symbolism or really get into the heart of what makes Harry tick, why he's messed up like that. Um, One thing I did disagree on was do you, do I think Harry should have died? And you said no. And I actually say yes. If only, you know, if he had to be cliche you know resurrected at some point but i don't think the plots that were carried out after that um i guess the his parents uh or peter's parents and everything i don't think they would have been as um trying to think of a good word here uh not important but as powerful if he was still alive like it just seemed as he was he was controlling peter beyond the grave and i think that was superbly powerful but i think it is good that he is back but overall i mean congratulations i mean yeah i guess that's corny but you know good job on putting it out there and i mean a little advice if you do think it's getting stale it is good to like walk away just walk away for a little bit and come back because you kind of fresh eyes always help you out there but awesome good job anyways well thank you (laughs) and spidey dude thoughts on the article well the uh, article uh was extremely good, and I think it was extremely powerful. I, I of course, enjoyed the clone saga part. Where, in my opinion, it should have been as much as as much as I know, Gerald loves Norman Osborn. I think it always should have been Harry, and and they had set that up so plain as day, uh, building up to Blood Brothers, the arc that a lot of people was, it was supposed to be the end of the clone saga, which was my first full arc. That they didn't do it uh, the fact that they didn't was was it was Bob Harris's fault and he just makes me want to slap him upside the head and be like what the hell were you thinking because <laughs> it would have been a brilliant move but uh but you know of course we got Norman and we've we gotten some, a couple of good Norman stories my favorite being in my opinion Spider-Man 75 uh but you know uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what, go, what goes from here I'm, I'll be interested to see what happens to uh to Harry and Hopefully they can pull this out of the because they're not going to be able to pull. I don't know. It's going to be tough for them to be able, have a believable way. No, no more so. I think the most believable way was the way was the way uh, was the way Kevin did it, and I think that was probably the most believable way. That's the most logical way to me. So it'll be interesting to see what the, how they go. On That's it. cool. All right. Well, we've got uh, we're going to wrap up the show with recommendations as we usually do. Uh, let's go with uh, Kevin. What do you got for recommendations this month? He recommends Silence, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly underrated. I enjoy uh, Silence. Kev, you there? What happened? Wow, he might have ripped out his microphone cord. He said he did Very that good. by accident. Oh last time. yeah. Nope. No. No. Uh oh. Uh, let's see. Well, we can pause for a little bit. Kevin, you all right? No, we cannot hear you. 
Paging Kevin Cushing. Paging Kevin Cushing. We have a cleanup in aisle six, Kevin, please. Oh, I'm so happy those days are over. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Well, as Morb uh, fi- fiddles with his uh, mic cable, let's go with uh, Spider-Girl. What do you got for recommendations this month? Okay, well, I haven't been reading much in the way of comics, but I will say that I very much enjoy, I know it's DC, but Justice League of America. Uh-huh. Um, I think the team is very different than what we're used to, so there are uh, different team dynamics um, to look forward to. And they focus on different characters, like you wouldn't really think that they would focus on Vixen, which they are, I think, at this point. So I do recommend that. Um, In the way of movies, I would like to recommend Blindness. Um, You'll probably only find it at an art house if you have a local one around you. Um, It's where everyone... No, no, that's like I, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but it's no. It's okay, like that. go ahead. Uh, this has Julianne Moore in it and Mark Ruffalo. The world pretty much goes blind except for Julianne Moore's. Oh, character. I've heard of this. And it's just yes, it's it's very good. It's really intense. All these you know things are happening and like what the world would be like. Um, it has a good ending. I was a little little scared, but uh, it. It, it was really good. I recommend it. And the final thing, I would like to recommend some music because oh, um, I just randomly found this uh, band, uh, Anne Berlin, A-N-B-E-R-L-I-N. I would recommend looking them up. They're alternative rock. They have some uh, mild things, and then they do get a little heavier. You know, I would look up uh, Feel Good Drag and Breathe. Um, I mean, you know, take my word for it. PM me if you don't like it, but Sweet. just look it up and try it out. So Good recommendations all around. All right, let's try Kevin again. Are you there this time? Mother... <laughs> All right. All right. Um, let's see. Morb, what do you want me to do? Text me. <laughs> I don't think he's, that's... He's, a- he's texting the same four letters over and over. <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to hang up on you, and I'm going to reconnect you, okay? All right. I can't believe it's happening to him and not Zach. This is shocking. I know. Okay, I've lost Kevin. Let me add him again. Kevin, 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 Kevin. There we go. I will, of course, edit this out. Okay, ring in, Kevin. Kevin, you there? Can you hear me the fuck? Yeah, there you (laughs) are. Loud and clear, my friend. Excellent. Okay, let's... Apparently, I guess you can't disconnect your mic and reconnect it during a call. I, I, I don't know what the fuck. I guess going. not. All right, hold on. Let me, let me see if my... Okay. See if it... Sorry about that, no guys. Problem. All right, we'll pick it up in three. All right, we got Kevin. Let's... Uh, oh, fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll just ignore the... Uh, let's do it again. <laughs> All right, Kevin, what's your record? <laughs> Quit with the laugh, baby. <laughs> Oh, all right. Three. Sorry, I was laughing like a mental yeah. patient. <laughs> Spidey dude, let me hear a fuck. Uh-oh. Oh, you're kidding. Spidey dude, we're not gonna, we I'm not going to put this part in the show. Give me a fuck. Okay. Did we lose him? Uh-oh. Spidey dude. Son of a bitch. Are you there? JR, I got you. Yeah, I'm still okay. here. Oh, wait, my microphone was muted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cuss for me so we get it out of our son of a fucking bitch. All right, all right, all right. Haha, douche. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, coming down three, two. All right, good recommendations from Stella. What do we got from you, Kevin? What do we got this month? What do you like? Uh, I got a. Hmm, um, <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't know what. Oh, let's do it again. They're gonna get on me for a little bit again. 
I, d- I didn't have my motivation. Shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Take four. Is this going to the blooper reels? Uh-huh. BTW? Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck if I know. My ears are bleeding right uh, now. Let me just well, grab it. I'm running down the road getting fucked. Fuck me running. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the time we've wasted, JR got a recommendation. I mean, (laughs) no, I haven't got one. Oh, son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! All right, three, two. All right, Kevin, what do we got from recommendations for you this month? What do we got? Uh, I'm actually going to go back on something that I (laughs) recommended a couple of months ago. Then I anti-recommended. Are you serious? (laughs) I swear to God. The Darkness. Okay. I've always been a big fan of The Darkness, and uh, when the new volume was starting, uh, I said, everybody needs to check it out. It's going to be great. It's The Darkness. It's awesome. And then it then it sucked. And I, <laughs> so I came on here not wanting anybody to buy it on my recommendation when it was sucking and said, please, don't buy it. But um, I just read issues four and five of the new volume, and uh, it's part of a six-part arc, and it got good again. Um, <laughs> the Darkness is back on the page, finally. It seems like the character is there again. They're... It's really, really, really well written. The art is great. So I'm going to go back on what I said again and tell you you should pick up the darkness. In fact, the Top Cow universe in general is kicking ass right now. So Top Cow is my recommendation. Wow. Um, on the lines of TV, I discovered a new show that is like my new favorite. That uh, It's not for the kiddies. <laughs> Californication on this on Showtime. Oh, with David Duchovny? Yeah, starring David Duchovny. It's got uh, a lot of great people in it. It is the best writing I've seen on TV in forever. It is so real, so visceral, hard-hitting. It's just something about it just feels right to watch. I mean, it's it's so well put together on all levels. I'm enjoying the crap out of it. The first season's out on DVD. Uh, if you have Showtime, you probably have Showtime On Demand. You can watch all, I think, five episodes that have been on so far of the new season, On Demand. I recommend you watch the whole thing. It is great. Cool. Um, and I'll give, as Stella did, I, I'll give her music recommendation. It's not brand new, but I picked it up a couple of months ago, didn't like it, then listened to it again, and now I'm loving it. <laughs> it's uh, the newest CD by Disturbed called Indestructible. I kind of, I picked it up when I was in more of an acoustic phase, so I wasn't really digging on it, but back into the little bit heavier stuff, and it's great CD, kicking ass, and... Uh, yeah, I think if you like your more harder-edged rock, you'd really like that CD, so give it a try. So you like Disturbia by Rihanna. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Disturbia. Uh, okay. Okay, Brad now has to go into the corner. <laughs> no, no, I'm Patrick Swayze, baby. You don't put me in the corner. Uh, let's, let's do um, Spidey Dude. What do you got for recommendations this month, my friend? Um, well, I'm going to recommend uh, Hero Season 3. Uh, I've really immensely enjoyed it. There are a lot of plot, plot twists and turns, and, and uh, there was a couple of WTF moments uh, that I've really kind of – That's really, you never know what's going to happen next. Um, I also want to recommend um, Amazing Spider-Girl. I can't recommend that enough, even though we've talked about it before, but I haven't really recommended it. I've avo- been avoiding recommending it because, of course, you know, I recommended it every month for, like, almost a year. So I want to recommend that. I also uh, want to recommend um, 
I want to recommend Amazing Spider-Man Family. Uh, we haven't really, we not really touched upon that as much, and uh, it's you know, last month really didn't. It, there was very few references to Brand New Day, so if you dislike Brand New Day and just want to read a typical Peter Parker story, what whatnot, you know, uh, check it out. I, I encourage people to check it out. It, it's it's not terrible. It's not beating you over the head of uh, no more married Spidey because of course it has the uh, Tefalco bit, and uh, hopefully Spider Girl will be picked up in that in that book as well. So. Other than that, I, I really don't have very much to recommend, um, but cheers to everybody. There you go. <laughs> and JR has been busy at work, so he hasn't had any recommendations. You need some sleep, JR. That's what we figured out that you need. I don't have any control over it. My kids haven't wanted to go see a movie lately, so I haven't. Uh, my, my daughter has talked for months about wanting to go see City of Ember. Mm. So now that City of Ember comes out, she doesn't want to see it because it's a kid's movie. Uh-huh. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Six months ago, you weren't a kid, but, or you were a kid, <laughs> but you're not now. Uh, and uh, all, all my TV watching is uh, is uh, ha- is whatever's on Disney Channel and Nick at Night. Oh. So uh, I could I could recommend Home Improvement, the George Lopez show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow, there you but, go. Uh, yeah, but I'll skip this okay. week. So. I've got a few recommendations. I want to recommend a comic first. Uh, Submariner, The Depths, is a great book. I was shocked how good it was. Uh, Peter Milligan, who did uh, Ecstatics and X-Force back in the day, is the writer and Eric, uh, I, I, Rabib or something like that. I don't have the issue in front of me. But uh, he did that great uh, Silver Surfer. It's painted artwork. It's basically the story uh, back in the 1930s or 40s about how a guy goes around the world to uh, bust myths, and he thinks Atlantis is a myth. So he uh, goes in search of Atlantis to prove him wrong, and the submariner is following the submarine in the ocean. It's just beautiful artwork. Just digging that book a lot. I think it's a four- or five-issue miniseries. Pick it up in trade when it comes out or pick it up in the singles. Uh, so pick that one up. I also want to recommend a poster. I've never recommended a poster before, but uh, I picked up the uh, Secret Wars homage by uh, Alex Ross, which is a homage of the first issue of Secret Wars that uh, Mike Zeck did back in the uh, 84. Beautiful looking poster. I'm actually, I'm going to go get a frame for it and hang it up in the spider office because I love that uh, poster. He also did a great homage to John Romita Sr. of the classic uh, Spider-Man pose where he's up against the wall, etc. And, and all kids of the 80s had that poster on there. Well, JR, did you, you know what poster I'm talking about? Did you have the Romita Senior poster? It's white background with him just hanging out. Do you remember, no. you remember that one? No, I don't. Okay. Well, it's, it's, uh, easy to find. Just type in Alex Ross poster, Spider-Man, etc. Also, I want to follow up with kind of what uh, Spidey Dude said. Have your local retailer buy more issues of Spider-Girl. If every person that listens to this show bought one issue of Spider-Girl, we would well exceed the thousand issues that Tom DeFalco is asking for. But the trick is you got to have your retailer, your local comic shop, order more Spider-Girl, and the book will stick around for another 125 issues or... A dozen, I don't know, but <laughs> that's my recommendation. Everybody who listens to the show, pick up one issue of Spider Girl and tell a friend or phone a friend. Do it uh, who wants to be a millionaire style. Uh, a game, uh, a video game recommendation that I haven't played yet, but I've posted a lot of videos up on the main page, is Spider Man Web of Shadows. I think that looks great. Uh, I know. When is that supposed to be out? The end of this month? No, no, no. It comes out Tuesday. 
Oh, shit. Comes out this Tuesday. It's I've seen it in the Best Buy uh, Sunday ad. I saw it. It's fifty nine bucks for the PlayStation Three and the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> so if everybody sends Spidey Dude a dollar, he can afford. The, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, that that game looks awesome. It's got. Uh, I know Kevin, you think it looks awful, but uh, mainly because it's got symbiotes yep. in it. But uh, I think it looks beautiful. I just think the art. It's got that. zombie symbiotes in it, not just symbiotes. <laughs> zombie symbiotes. What the? Oh man! Hell. <laughs> oh, good, good. Any, and by the way, Brad, uh, yeah. um, anybody that I want to extend this offer, if, if I'm going to probably go buy it Tuesday. If you're going to buy it Tuesday, Tuesday night we'll play uh, online. If, if there's an online co-op, awesome. So, My uh, PlayStation um, Three handle is Webhead Spidey. And Zach, what's yours on PlayStation Three? Uh, Spidey Dude One Two Two Eight. There you go. So add us as friends, and we can play on the PlayStation together. That'd be fun. And that wraps up the first hour of the show. We'll be back in a few days to answer your message board questions. Also want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting this show month in and month out. And they're still accepting October orders. An example of their discounts is the Spider-Man Blue hardcover by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. The cover price is $24.99, and Mail Order has it for 50% off at $12.49. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the crawl space sent you. Gang, thanks for listening. I'm Brad Douglas for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.